Thanks for tuning into the E Wang Bang podcast. This is your host, Emil Wang, coming to you with a solo Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday episode following the heartbreaking loss against the Houston Rockets, game four of the Western Conference Finals. Warriors lose the game 95 to 92. Now, there's a lot to cover uh, on this game, including the final sequences where the Warriors were unable to connect on a shot. But let's start with talking about lineups, um, the big one being Iguodala not playing today because of his knee injury from suffered in the previous game. News got out that he was upgraded to quote-unquote questionable status for today. Could have been a game-time decision to play, uh, but it was decided that he would sit this one out. Now, I didn't mind that, especially since the Warriors were coming into this game with the momentum. They had just blown these guys out by 41 points in Game 3 on their home floor. Um, And really, the Hamptons 5 lineup had not started games out super well. Um, If you look back at the first couple games, they hadn't quite blown the Rockets out of the water the the same way they had done to the uh, to the Pelicans in games four and five of that series in the previous series, so it didn't really worry me that we wouldn't be starting with the Hamptons five in this game. And my hope was that we would be uh, destroying the Rockets enough by the third quarter that we wouldn't need the veteran savvy and the clutch play of Andre Iguodala uh, later in the game. So that being said, the Warriors started out the game twelve zero moving the ball. Everybody, uh, including Yvonne Looney, who had gotten the start in the place of Iguodala, had scored. Uh, quick quick 12-0 lead from the Warriors. Rockets call timeout. And that rest of the first quarter, you know, that lead was maintained. I, I believe we went into uh, the second quarter with a nine-point lead, which was more than respectable. Now, that second quarter was a completely different story. And, and this is when the lineups uh, get a little sketchy. Um, I know Clay had suffered that injury. Uh, it's still a little unclear if that's on his knee or if it was his ankle that, that was bothering him. Um, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But there was a lot of iso ball going on, uh, whether it was KD and Steph um, on the court. And one of the things I've noticed about KD is that as this series has gone on, as we've begun to use him heavily in isolation, especially in the post where he's getting roughed up, his shooting percentages have gone down. I mean, he he had a very, very efficient game one and two, but game three, he was already shooting below 500. And in tonight's game, uh, Kevin Durant shot something really low. I'm looking at nine of 24 um, eight of eight free throws, which is good, but only one of five uh, on threes. So that iso ball is definitely beginning to wear him down. Rockets, on the other hand, during that quarter, began to pick up pace, began to gain ground, uh, specifically on what they were really good at: drawing fouls, making layups, making uh, and making three pointers. Harden had an incredible second quarter, and so did CP3. CP3 started uh, getting some of his shots to fall, too, uh, after starting the game 0-4. So 
Rockets actually ended up taking the lead, going up 10 at the half. And as Warrior fans, we know that the third quarter is the Warriors' quarter, and we should expect something great. And we got something great. Steph came out gangbusters with one of his famous curry flurries where he shot five or six on threes, took it to the hole a couple times, um, scored something like 18 points in that third quarter, uh, eventually leading us to a 10-point lead. So turning what was a a, a seven-point deficit at the half, excuse me, I think I said 10 earlier, uh, turning a seven-point deficit at the half into a 10-point lead going into the fourth so at that point you know we we felt comfortable we thought that that this game was in the bag we had made the run we had deflated the rockets we were going to houston to close out the series well instead we got the warriors of 1999 where john starks terry cummings chris mills and antoine jameson uh, decided to show up and give us a 12 point fourth quarter okay i mean this is absolutely insane we have two of the greatest scorers of all time flanked by one of the deadliest automatic shooters of all time plus an all-around fantastic playmaker in draymond green it is inexplicable that a team with this level of talent would be held to just 12 points in the fourth quarter. And let me start that off by crediting the Rockets' D. Uh, there was one point in the game where uh, Gerald Green had trapped Sean Livingston, stripped him, and the ball off, uh, the ball went off of Livingston's knee. Uh, that was the moment when I was like, man, the, these Rockets are going to hang in there. You know, they, their defensive intensity has, has really regained focus, and even though they've been only seven deep, uh, they got guys who are playing hard and you know really not giving up and not blowing defensive assignments like we usually see from the Rockets. And the one real big backbreaking play was uh, from the Warriors defensively. It's not not even the final sequences where Clay was unable to get the shot off, which we'll get to in a second. But the real backbreaking play was the wide open Eric Gordon three where Draymond and I. Th- think it was clay uh, had a mix-up on the pick and roll and eric gordon was left wide open uh for a three and and actually he on the very next sequence he was wide open again uh luckily the warriors missed that because had he made that the game would have been over so a couple of defense breakdowns um but really let, let's talk let, let's talk the final offensive sequences um, starting with the Curry layup, he misses it. Draymond fights hard for the offensive rebound, gets fouled, makes one of two. Not surprising, and to be honest, I'll, I would have taken any any points at that moment. Steph probably should have made that layup and uh, made things easier on the Warriors. Warriors come back down, play some good defense, get the rebound down to Kem Durant with the ball, 12 seconds. Steve Kerr does not call timeout. And I have no problem with this. The Warriors have one timeout remaining. Uh, Who knows when you might need to use it. Let that be a little bit of foreshadowing. And the Rockets are not a great defensive team. Uh, They played great that night. But when they're not set up, when they're 
backpedaling, that's usually when you're able to find holes in their defense, especially uh, with a guy like James Harden out there who at the end of the game could probably barely move. So I don't mind the the non-timeout call with Kevin Durant bringing the ball up. What I do mind is passing the ball to Clay with his back to the basket with just five or six seconds left. Uh, going back to the injury that Clay suffered early in the game, I mean, Clay obviously came back, was able to hit some threes, and, and quite frankly, I thought his defense was actually still quite good. He was able to stay in front of Harden um, just as well as he usually does. He was able to get his hands up. He was able to contest. And his defense probably contributed to why Harden had such a terrible second half. Now, how it affected him on offense is that he really had no mid-range game where he, where he was able to slash, catch, and pull up. Um, his back-to-the-basket game wasn't there. Usually we're able to we're, we see him doing turnarounds over short, shorter defenders. Feeding him the ball in a situation where he wasn't wide open, standing in the corner for a three, was a horrible idea. And I understand that he might have been the open player at that time, but you, you're a team with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant had the ball. He could have taken his guy off the dribble, taken it to the hole, and he passed it into a very, very precarious situation. And, and what I think exacerbated the issue was that Steph had come off, and, and I haven't watched the replay yet. I've, I've been too angry to do it. But I think Steph had, had curled al- around the baseline and actually brought a defender closer to the action. So Clay had gotten trapped. He didn't have the right angle to, to make a good pass. Um, and who knows, if that pass went to Steph, it, it might have been a really difficult uh, corner shot because the defender could have closed out on him easily. So he went with some wild-ass up-and-under uh, shot that that barely hit iron. So the one question that everybody is wondering is, why didn't he call timeout? Why did he not call timeout with five seconds left and the world closing in on him? I And some of you might say, like, oh, you know, the, the timeout worked out for the better because he missed it. Uh, Chris Paul got the rebound but was fouled. He missed a free throw, and the Warriors had a chance to tie it and send it into overtime. Uh, I will tell you this. Nobody is thinking that, okay? Nobody is banking on the possibility of a miss uh, and then a missed free throw and then and then a, a a small chance to hit a three to send it into overtime when you have the opportunity to call a timeout with a couple seconds left and draw up a play where you're either taking to the hole for a well-designed layup play or a well-designed law play. I, I don't like the call. I don't understand it. And for those of you uh, who are wondering, anybody on the court – or Steve Kerr could have made that timeout. Um, whether or not they tried and just weren't heard is left to be seen. But we'll say this: Clay should have known, especially with the time winding down, knowing his body, knowing how many people were around him, and really just understanding. I mean, he hasn't had it this series. He did not have the potential to be that, to to be that hero. I mean, he's he's scored, you know barely double digits in the past three games. I think this game he only had 10 points. Previous game he only had eight. 
uh, or, or 13, I'm sorry, and before that he had only had 8. So it, it doesn't really make sense that he would think that he's in that situation uh, to be the hero. So very, very puzzling end to the game, uh, very frustrating. But once again, I don't think the 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 fuck up that Clay made and and the Warriors made on that possession was was the real backbreaker. I I think that the Eric Gordon wide open three was really uh, the major breakdown that the Warrior that was very very uncharacteristic of the Warriors. Um, it, just a couple more things. I don't get why we post up Draymond Green. He's never been a great post player. Uh, he, at best, can body his way to a layup over somebody who's like five foot eight. So maybe if Isaiah Thomas was on him, his jumper, his release isn't very high. So it's not like he has that much of an advantage the same way that KD or Clay would when they're backing down someone uh, shorter than them. And even though he is strong, uh, Chris Paul is a very, very strong defender as well with a low low center of gravity. So Draymond doesn't have that much ease backing him down. And Draymond doesn't have a hook doesn't have a hook shot or a flip shot or any kind of turnaround jumper, um, except for that bullshit one that he hit uh, in, in game five against the Pelicans. But it, it just doesn't make any sense that when you're not so much of a low post threat that they feed him the ball. I, I know he's a great passer, but for you to be a great passer, you have to have great cutters. And Clay didn't have the legs to do it. Uh, by then, KD and, and Steph were basically, uh, you know, hanging around the perimeter, waiting for the ball to be swung over to them for them to make their play. It just didn't make any sense for, for Draymond to try to back down. Uh, hoping that next game we, we either go away from that or we put in players who are are better at making those cuts. And, and the only one that comes to mind uh, would be Sean Livingston, the other being Omri Caspi, but oh wait, he's not on the team anymore. The other thing I want to talk about was Kevon Looney and uh, Jordan Bell. Uh, Kevon Looney tonight, uh, even though he was a minus one uh, in the plus minus stats, I don't feel like he played that good of a game. His defense, he had that great play against Chris Paul where he gave ground, backed up, and blocked his shot, causing a 24-second uh, violation. I got to say, on, on switches, on pick and rolls, where he gets immediately switched onto the ball handler, I think he does a pretty decent job of maintaining coverage and then staying with his man. I think it's when they, they do a quick pick and roll, uh, the ball goes to the roller, and the roller swings it out for somebody on the wing. I think that's when Kevon Looney is just a little bit slower uh, and, and isn't as capable at closing out as uh, we would like. Um, granted, he's better than David West, and it's not like P.J. Tucker was reigning in threes. And really, it's not like they were killing us uh, from the corner threes today. It just kind of felt like Looney was just a little bit slower in closing out in those situations. Um, and I felt like he got beat a couple times off the dribble today more than usual. Um, he did play 25 minutes, which is 10 more than he played last game. Last game, he only had 15 minutes or so. And, you know, that's one of the things about Kevon Looney is that his conditioning 
has not been good. It was never really that great. He, he had to shed 30 pounds to get to where he is now, but um, he's definitely not in the position to play uh, a high level of defense against such a good team for 25 minutes. So obviously this has something to do with Iggy not being able to play today, uh, but I still would like to see his minutes down a little bit. Uh, finally, Jordan Bell. Jordan Bell, I thought, gave decent minutes today. Uh, did get called for that kind of ticky-tack rookie handed the cookie jar foul on Harden. Uh, but that only happened that one time. And I can only think of one other time where he really had a major defensive breakdown. And that was when Harden iced on him. And, and uh, Jordan Bell gave him the left hand uh, basically straight to straight to the cup. So... But other than that, he was he was an active body out there. Played some decent uh, offense off the ball. Had had a had one or two good tip ins. Um, I don't mind seeing more minutes from him, uh, and I think he'll learn as the series goes on how to be more disciplined, uh, especially when guarding James Harden. Uh, oh, one other thing. Um, you know, Steph Curry actually didn't have that good of a game. I, I I was taking a look at his stats after the fact, and outside of that Curry flurry in that third quarter, he really did not shoot that well. Um, ended the game 10 of 26, uh, 6 of 13 on threes, which is pretty good. But if you think about it the other way, that means that he was only 4 of 13 from within the arc. And to think that the majority of his shots are actually at the rim and he wasn't getting to those to fall. Uh, I think that's the concern because a team like the Rockets tries to lock you down at the perimeter and it almost seems like they would rather you rather give up easy layups than uh, give up easy threes. And that's really how the series has gone. I mean, the Warriors, I haven't felt like I've gotten that many easy looks from three. And if that's not there, the Warriors, Steph, Clay, KD, all of them have to be shooting an efficient clip from mid-range. That wasn't there tonight. That would have made the difference in this game, I believe. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, hopefully Steph will bounce back game five uh, with a little bit more of an efficient game uh, around the rim. Um, final thought, Warriors go to the, go to Houston, uh, next game is in two days. So it's a quick turnaround. Now you might be looking at Harden and CP3's minutes and saying, well, you know, those guys played 43 and 41 minutes. Peachy Tucker played 44 minutes. Ariza had 40 minutes. Eric Gordon, 35. Those guys are not going to have their legs. The Warriors are going to steamroll them. Well, Durant played 43 tonight. Draymond had 45. Clay had 40. Steph at 38. So pretty heavy minute load for everyone. Um, and we'll see. We'll see who has the legs. Houston's crowd isn't the best crowd. Sorry, sorry, cousins who live there, but uh, I've been to your games. They're not very inspiring people. So I, I can't really see them fueling the Rockets that much, but it still should be a good game. Uh, like I said uh, in, in the previous pod, I did expect the Warriors split two in Houston, split two back at home. The Warriors just don't have that high level of focus to be uh, winning two straight at home against this team. So uh, I, I think with a little bit more pressure on them, they are going to take game five and game six. And hopefully you will be back. Well, one thing I haven't touched on actually is what what we missed tonight without Iggy. Obviously, great defender, great switch defender, also a big playmaker, somebody who can get the board and push. A lot of the times we got boards and just 
paused just a, a second or two after those boards to get that ball to the ball handler, which is the right thing to do for somebody like Jordan Bell or Kevon Looney. But one advantage of that death lineup is anybody can get the board, anybody can push, anybody has the ability uh, to score on offense. And tonight with, with Kevon Looney, with the starters, uh, we really did lose that one extra score. Thanks for listening to a solo episode by Emil Wang of the Wang Bang podcast. This has been another Warrior Wang Bang Wednesday. Go Dubs. It's a great time to have a ball. It's a great way.